It's easy to think your content will get better if you just have the right gear. But alas, a $1,000 camera can't save you if you're not spending time on the content. That doesn't mean you can't look and sound good, though. So today I brought in Dan Bennett, who's built his business on making people look good and sounding great on camera. Spoiler alert, this almost never results in buying new gear. Instead, we talk about small tweaks you can make. Then we talk about the growing importance of videos for podcasting. Things to look out for. What you should upgrade if you can only upgrade one thing. How looking good doesn't require an expensive camera and the thing that is really more important. And the importance of storytelling and getting your reps in. Because as good as you can look on camera, if you're not being compelling, no one's going to care. This is a great episode. There's going to be rich show notes, which you can find over at howibuilt.it slash 290. That's 290. Thanks to this week's sponsors, Nexus Text Expander and Learn Dash. Be sure to check them out. You'll hear about them later on in the show. But for now, let's get to the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast where you get free coaching calls from successful creators. Each week, you get actionable advice on how you can build a better content business to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. All right. I am here with Dan Bennett, the antipreneur. Dan and I met in uh, Jay Klaus's Creator Science uh, community, and I put out a call for guests. He was one of the people who responded. And I'm really excited because as we record this, uh, YouTube has just kind of quietly rolled out their their podcast uh, interface area thing. And so first, we're going to talk about what makes good video. Then we're going to talk about YouTube and podcasting. And then Dan and I are going to talk about our own podcast. So uh, let's bring in Dan. I've already talked too much for this intro. Dan, how are you today? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I've got coffee, caffeine just rolling through the blood. Uh, been looking forward to this for a while, so feeling good and ready to go. Yeah, likewise. I think we had to cancel the first one, right? Because I don't know how like schedules work or I had sick children <laughs> at some point. That. Digital calendars are always moving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Um, and you, uh, you said in the pre-show... Uh, before we started recording, that you are down the street from podcast movement, which is happening right now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm north uh, Fort Worth, and it was about a 30 minute drive over to downtown Dallas, and nice. I popped in there and saw some of our internet friends. And <laughs> when I saw them, I'm like, Oh my god! I knew you guys had full bodies. I knew it. <laughs> I, it's nice to put some legs with a face. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. I have a pretty good FOMO. Um, I I purposefully decided not to go to podcast movement this year uh, because I was doing like other traveling and like the last time I went, it was kind of a bust. But now my whole business focuses around podcasting and like consulting. And I'm like, yeah, this probably would have been a good. And now I know a bunch of people from the community who are there, like from Jade's community who are there. And yeah. I'm like, it probably would have been good to go to this. But yeah, there's always next year. I think next year yeah. it's in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I didn't. Um, that or maybe cool, that's though. evolutions. They move it every year. So, also like yeah, Texas it's... in August sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> you know what's funny is it's been 100 degrees for about 50, 60 days straight, but right now it's in the 80s. But we just had this like weird two day monsoon thing where flights were getting canceled and a couple mm. of roads were underwater. So, not the best time to go to Dallas right now, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, that's, that's wild. Uh, well, here's, here's my half-hearted attempt at a segue. Uh, one of the things at podcast movement that I, I see a ton of, there are all these booths and all these vendors is the gear, right? I actually bought my cloud lifter at podcast movement. Um, uh, and so as creators, I know me in the podcast space, you are in the video space. People are always asking me, what what gear do you use, right? I mean, I have like a really sick camera and like lens and whatever. I know you have a very similar setup for when you record your videos. Um, yep. 
before we get into the question where we already know the answer, right? Because the title of this episode is going to be, do you need really good gear to make good content? Um, what is your what is your setup journey, right? I don't want to put the emphasis on like what your current setup is. I want to put it on where you were and how long it, t- it took you to get there, right? Because I think a lot of people are like, yo, this person just had all of this, like $10,000 worth of stuff around. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so the, the short version there is a um, long time ago, I was brought into a video production company um, as their graphic design lead. And they were doing a lot of uh, 2D animation and motion graphics, and they needed um, original vectorized artwork created for that stuff. And so I came in doing that. And then during a lot of our slow times, I also just love learning. Um, I'd be, you know, jumping on set, running a camera, editing something. Got heavily involved in like After Effects because we were making the art I was creating move. So I kind of wanted to learn that too. Um, realized I wasn't going to be given the things I was told I'd be given in that company. So I struck out on my own. And I went out with a very, 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 very used uh, T3i, a Canon T3i. Nice. And that was it. No microphone, no lights, no nothing. Just this janky little camera that nowadays you could probably buy used for 50 bucks. And uh, started selling my services. <laughs> so wow. I went from having access to a lot of really high-end gear to striking out on my own with one little camera. And I, I will say... Um, you know, I was in business for myself before then, uh, so I like to think ahead as much as possible. And I did um, secure projects. The first three projects I did as um, a freelancer with video uh, before uh, secured payment before the project began and rented the equipment that I used on the project. So I still showed mm-hmm. up with really nice stuff. I just didn't own it until about my fourth project, and then I had enough to buy my own. <laughs> so that that was the journey. Uh, get teased with a bunch of great equipment, start off with just a janky little camera, and then build back up to my own. Nice. That's that's really smart, right? Renting the equipment. I uh I DJ'd a handful of times in high school. Um and uh I would borrow my high school's equipment for those <laughs> yes. gigs. I had like Love access it. to all that stuff and uh one of the people who got me the gigs also worked at the high school. So he was like, yeah, just use Burks. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It was Pretty pretty good gig, back yeah, in the day when we actually had like play CDs. <laughs> right, yeah. don't gotta don't gotta tell me twice. I can use it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And and so um, anyway, really smart renting because right, like I feel like there is this emphasis on if you show up with like something janky, they're gonna wonder if you're a professional. And I've been told like with a camera, like the the body of the camera doesn't matter as much as the lens. Like, is that true? Uh, yeah, if I had to um, upgrade, uh, say you got like a, a lower end DSLR with a kit lens that came with it in the box, and I was going to upgrade something, I would upgrade the lens first for sure. Nice. Um, the last upgrade I did, of course, I'm a video professional, so it was warranted. But the last upgrade I did did uh, include things like ridiculous autofocus and a screen that flips out so I can see myself, and and those sorts of things that are more tools than like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how good a camera is. But yeah, glass is definitely up there. And in my opinion, this comes from being on film sets and television sets and all that kind of stuff is uh, audio is king. Uh, So if you can only upgrade one thing, make it your audio. But if you're upgrading things as you go, a lens is, uh, it's an incredible thing. And the faster it is, which, um, you know, is the amount of light it can let in, the uh, creamier that look is and the shallower the depth of field to where, you know, the the regular folk out there just like to call it, you know, the blurred background. Um, you yeah. <laughs> start to get some of those filmic looks uh, that even like now the iPhone's trying to mimic digitally because everyone yeah. uh, understands that it's desirable. So, yeah, lenses are great upgrade. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I always get asked like, what effect I have on my my setup? They're yeah. like, how are you getting that blurred <laughs> background so good? And I'm like, yeah, it's like a three hundred dollar lens. <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. It. I love it. Um, I love it. Which I like again. I absolutely didn't need, but I wanted it, and I got it in like January 2020, and then I made a video about how it, how to set it up in February 2020, and then everybody Googled how to do that in March 2020. Yeah. So like I, 
the affiliates on that video actually paid for the gear. Nice. Which I didn't plan to do, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's the thing. There's the possibilities, and you have to keep those in mind, even though you can't always plan for them, right? So, like when I upgraded to, I use a Sony A7S III for my main rig now, and I had an A7S II before that. Um, and everything up until now, I've always sold my previous camera and bought a new one. This time I'm like, I'm going to keep it around because I want to do some mm-hmm. other stuff with it. And it's been a workhorse and just done so well for me for five years, you know. So I turned it into uh, my rough and tumble camera, but it's also my webcam that I'm using right now as we're talking to each other on screen. Nice. And one of the like bonus side effects of that is jumping on a regular old Zoom call and having someone go, holy crap, why does this look so good? And it's like, well, I'm running a DSLR into my computer as my webcam instead of using a webcam. And it makes a difference. So you never know the impact it's going to have when you, you know, um, grab at least decent gear. Uh, Also, too, I'm someone who's not afraid to buy used stuff. I don't recommend Mm -hmm. it for everyone because it takes a little bit of uh, guts (laughs) to do. Um, But there's even some great companies that rent gear and then will sell it used later and still give you a little warranty and stuff like that. So, like, I, I tell people, don't forget that there's used stuff out there too that can make you look really good. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. What can you do with more hours? Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers. They're all taking precious time away from you. With Text Expander, you can take it back and focus on what matters most. In 2021, Text Expander saved me 34 typing hours. That doesn't even include the collective hours I would have spent looking for responses, links, resources, code, and anything else I type regularly. Talk about creating more efficiently. You will never need to copy paste repetitive responses again. With Text Expander, your knowledge will always be at your fingertips with a quick search or abbreviation. Text Expander is available on all platforms and show listeners get 20% off. Take back your time today at textexpander.com slash podcast. I do the same thing with uh, like Apple products. Like I'll always look in the refurb store first, especially because like if Apple's selling it, like you still yeah. get that Apple care. Like you still get it. Uh, so 100%. It's, it's like a... It's a smart move, I think, depending on the retailer. Yeah, we're giving away all our secrets, man. I know, I know. (laughs) Stop listening. We'll edit this part out. Um, Now, you mentioned that audio is king, right? I've I've heard similar studies, or I've heard similar things, right? Um, If your audio quality is below a certain level, your credibility takes a hit, and there are studies that kind of show that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think I agree with you. So like, um, again, with the mic, I assume with your cameras and your video gear, you're not using like the the built-in. Is there any good built-in camera microphone? <laughs> no. No, it's so funny. I have a couple of videos, including the one I'm editing today, um, before and after this chat we're having, um, where I say, I don't care what mic you use. Please just don't use the onboard mic that's built into either your phone or camera because those engineers were paid to do one thing and that's create an incredible image. They mm-hmm. were not paid to make the internal microphone great. Um, and it's not a no-go, but I even try and stay away from using onboard shotgun mics that plug into your camera so the track is still on that clip that you pull off right. your SD card. I always beg people, I know it's extra work, but please capture your audio separately uh, because I believe in it that much. And you're totally right. It's it's at a certain level. I can't tell you where that level's at, but you know it when you hear it. And you do lose some credibility. And the unfortunate part about it is that it's um, oftentimes subconscious. People are used to incredible content. They go to YouTube, they see incredible content. They're streaming Hulu and Netflix and on Disney, and it's incredible content. Uh, they're seeing independent uh, pieces of film and video, and they're fantastic. So people are unconsciously used to great sounding content. And when yours isn't, even if they're not like, this sounds terrible, I'm clicking away, it still kind of is what's happening sometimes. And it was all kind of born from being on my first feature-length film set. And what I noticed real quick, I was on the camera team and I was I was very, it was done in a fun way, but they were all still very serious. All the different departments were like arguing over who's the most important. Well, if the lighting <laughs> is crap, it doesn't matter how good your camera is. Yeah, but if this camera was crap, you could light it perfectly and it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, well, the audio, if you didn't have that, you got no movie. Oh, yeah, well, you know, and it just went yeah. on and on and on. And at the end of that two months, I ended up um, concluding 
myself that the audio department was the most important, even though that's not the department I was in, um, just because of how much I learned on set and how like critical it is to, especially in a feature-length film that's longer, have consistent audio all the way through so it's not distracting and, and you can kind of get lulled into that story. So yeah, I'm a, an advocate for audio for sure. Yeah, I love it. And it's like, it is, it's really... Like there could be a lot of details in audio. Like I watched um like the the little Lucasfilm documentary that came out on May the fourth about the soundstage at Lucasfilm and they're like playing clips with no sound or like showing like yeah. the Foley stage or whatever, like the and it's just like it's with bad mixing, it's it feels different. It is it's such an incredible thing. Uh my partner Jax, she's a she's a chef and um, I don't know what that has to do with this, but a huge, huge fan of Shark Week, like mm-hmm. has been her whole life. And we're sitting around, this was two years ago now, we're sitting around watching a Shark Week episode. And uh, they always focus on those sharks at Seal Island that breach and come way out of the water. And it's incredible, these great whites catching air and stuff. And they found um, this other location in a different place in the world where bull sharks were breaching in shallow water after salmon that were coming out of the river into the salt water a little bit. So the sharks had to come into shallow, but they were still getting air out of the water and it was kind of incredible. So we're watching this thing, you know, and I start giggling about 10 minutes into it. And she's like, what are you laughing? We're like watching bull sharks attack salmon. Why are you laughing? And I'm like, I, you don't want to know. And she's like, no, tell me. I'm like, all right. <laughs> And essentially what was happening is you would see these sharks that were super far away from the boat and they got these great long lenses, you know, so you, you feel like you're close, but you can still tell it's pretty far away. And then you see the sharks that are really close to the boat and it's a wider angle lens and you know that they're very close to the boat. And then, of course, some in the middle. And I was finding that they were using like the same seven or eight splash sounds every time one of these sharks <laughs> landed back in the water. And not only were they repeating, so I was starting to recognize them, they were also using like really close-up splash sounds for the really far away sharks. And I'm like, this is killing the whole thing. And so I told her, and then five minutes later, she's like, I hate you. I can't yeah. even watch the rest of this now. Yep, and that's how much it. of a difference it can make, you know, <laughs> yeah. so... Yeah. And like, and honestly, like, even I, I suspect probably, I mean, maybe it's just because we're kind of in adjacent fields, right? But like, yeah, yeah, I feel like even if someone doesn't articulate that they're real, like they realize it's happening, somewhere in their brain, they're like, something's weird here, like uncanny yeah, valley weird. kind of thing. Like, I don't, something doesn't feel right. Yeah, so. yeah. A lot of times, it's like when people describe music, and they're like. I don't know. It's just not for me. You know, they're not saying it's bad or the artist sucks. There's yeah. just something there. And yeah. uh, I see it happen with with content all the time, you know, where people, we can actually show, I won't get too nerdy here, but we can actually show with some of my clients, their retention lasting longer after we've drop shipped in a mic and taught them how to use it. And they're making their videos with better audio now because mm. people are sticking around. And I'm like, you're not, you know, better because you were presenting well last week too. But now I feel like I'm in the room with you and it and and I can trust you more. And that's just how audio goes. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's the last thing I'll say on on that is uh there's um Eminem has a new song out for the Elvis movie. I think it, it, I can't remember if it's called The King and I or something like that, but um CeeLo Green does the hook on it. Mm. And his vocals are so weak. It's like the first thing I noticed. And I'm just like, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could listen to this song now. Like his vocals are so weak. It almost sounds like he's like behind a different pane of glass. Right. It's just like, I'm going to have to listen. Yeah. 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 Cause that's that subconscious stuff. Even when you're, you know, familiar um, with what's going on, the waveforms and the video clips and what's actually in and edit, um, you know, there's still times where, you're like, I don't know, man. It's just, mm. yeah, like it's <laughs> you know? just, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Something and like I, again, like I, you know, I, I play the drums and I listen to a lot of music and like I have the expensive headphones and like some people can tell and some people can't. But like there are some times where like I think something will be like low in the mix and it like bothers me, right? Like it yeah. doesn't just <laughs> doesn't sound right. Um, you had one job, Mister Engineer. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just, yeah. So it's just like it's wild. Um, now again, we were talking all about audio is king and like good this and good that but um my first microphone was a uh, well my first microphone was like some Samsung 20 dollar microphone thing um 
my first camera was like a Logitech C720, right? The first one I started using for like my own videos. Now I have like the Shure SM7B and the A6400, but like I built up to that. And like you said, I would sell my old stuff and use that money towards new stuff, almost like buying a house, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So audio is important. Let's let's start there. Audio is important. You don't need a $400 microphone though. Like, right, you could, what would you say you could get away with? Um, so money wise, I would say $35-$40 is where we're starting. Um, so go cash in, you know, that giant garbage bag full of pop bottles that's in the garage you've been <laughs> ignoring or whatever. Um, you know, not to say $40 is zero, but it's doable if you really want to sound good. Right. And the the caveat to this most of the time is proximity. So I have a lot of people um, who are a client of mine, want to look and sound great on video, we're working on this stuff, they got a budget, so we're on the lower end of audio, but you can still capture great audio. That means the mic's got to be close to your mouth. So here we are. And if you don't mind something being a little bit in your shot, um, you know, we got a lot to work with. Uh, so I actually have some some videos on my channel where I was sponsored by microphone companies to talk about their cheaper mics. Uh, mm -hmm. Fine Fine is one of them. And uh, there's an, uh, there's some really cool you know small microphones that are USB driven. So you just plug them into yep. your computer and go. They just have to be six, eight inches away from your mouth. And so the real hard work is just finding a box nearby that you can set it on top of while you do your calls, you know. Um, so I think right around 35, 40 bucks, you can get really, really good audio quality. And all those videos on my channel, I do a before and after with the mic without any editing done to the audio at all to show viewers what's possible. Nice. And every time they're like, holy crap, that's coming from a $40 microphone. I'm like, yep. Now again, it's set up right and it's close to my mouth and those things matter. But I think you can get um, get in the game for about 40 bucks, and then you'll find that you're blowing away like three quarters of the other videos out there just because they don't have that knowledge. Yeah, because they're like, yeah, care. they're using their iPhone mic or whatever. Yep. And um, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I do LinkedIn learning courses, and they don't send me anything, but like they do send a kit if people need it. And it's just like a, he it's a cheap headset. And then they just tell you to do the four finger test, right? So you do four fingers and then you line up the mic at, at your pinky and then you just fix the mic there. And that's good mic technique, right? It has a windscreen on it, right? So that the plosives are not like whatever. And, and, um, and that gets you most of the way there, right? Just like I, I tell people like environment is, is more important than the microphone, 100%. right? So like, yeah. If you're recording in like a bathroom stall, like it doesn't matter how good your microphone is, right? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because um, it does matter. And that's where, you know, upfront with a lot of people that are maybe thinking about working with me, I'm like, hey, just, you know, I'm not trying to turn, I'm not trying to turn you into a videographer. I'm really just trying to give you a tool as an entrepreneur to do a better job. And then if we do work together and we get a little further along, I'm like, you remember what I said in the beginning? I'm going to kind of take some of that back. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to teach you some very simple filmmaking things that'll make things easier on you. And one of those is your environment. Not only treating it or where things are or maybe even moving furniture into the room to kill some of the reverb. Um, you don't have to memorize all these things, but we'll probably work together once to get your room as tight as possible. And a lot of it does come to just paying attention and knowing what's going on, you know. So before I moved to Texas, I was in a very small room, carpet, lots of furniture, um, a really dead sound, especially for a room that was not treated. And I had uh, just a Blue Yeti, and it did really well for me. Uh, condenser microphone picks up a lot of the nuance in your voice and chest, mm -hmm. and um, it did really well. And then when I moved, now I have nine foot ceilings and all this space, and I really had to take that into consideration. So even though the Yeti is like, you know, it's a good microphone, it does what it does, um, I switched to a Samson Q9U, which essentially is the same price, and you can get them both at uh, Best Buy or Amazon or whatever. So it's kind of cool. They're both coming in around 150 bucks now. But this is dynamic and it's a lot more directional. So right. you're not hearing like the fridge running or the sound bouncing so much off the walls like the other microphone. And that's just me knowing my environment. Both mics cost 150 bucks. Which one you use has a huge effect on what you sound like when you're done. This episode is brought to you by Store Builder from Nexus. 
when it comes to setting up an e-commerce site, you have a choice between easy but limited or a limitless platform that you need to manage yourself. Until now. Store Builder is e-commerce made easy for everybody. It saves you time and delivers a storefront that lets you get to selling. As someone who set up multiple e-commerce sites, I can tell you that Store Builder has been a much easier experience than anything else. Answer a few questions, add your content, and sell. Store Builder was created and is supported by e-commerce experts at Nexus. Get the speed, security, and support you need when you need it. Are you ready to launch your perfect online store? Head over to howibuilt.it slash storebuilder for a special offer. That's howibuilt.it slash storebuilder. People in the podcast space will like dump on the Blue Yeti. Like they'll be like, the yeah. Blue Yeti sucks. That's bad. And I'm like, it's like, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> most people just don't know. Like most people don't know that there are two knobs on the back of it. Right. And so like <laughs> the first thing I do when I see like one of my guests has a Blue Yeti and if they sound like echoey or whatever, I'm like, look at the two knobs on the back. Is yeah. the knob turned to the heart, right? The heart pattern. And is yeah. the, is the gain turned down? Yeah. Um, and they're like, I didn't even know these were here. And I'm like, I, most people don't. Like, because there's no manual and there's no whatever. And people just like plug it in and start using it. And it's like a lot of white noise or whatever. Yeah. Dude, oh my God, I'm I'm smiling so big because I'm so with you. Like one of the biggest uh, uh, videos on my channel is like the best mic for Zoom and it's a Blue Yeti. And um, there's a whole section in it that talks about like the cardioid pattern and like how, how to use this thing, you know, because I know so many people either don't get that information or just kind of skip over it. Um, and it matters, right? And then again, pulling from my like, uh, you know, previous musician background, my arm that holds my mic on my desk, like a lot of people have, actually has stage equipment pieced into it. You can't mm. tell by looking at it, but it's got like an extension arm and a slider, you know, that you would use on like a vocal mic on a stage or something like that. Nice. So I actually run when I had a Blue Yeti or now even with this microphone, I run completely horizontally across my desk in front of me. So instead of it needing to stick straight up and yeah. be half in my face, it's sideways doing the exact same job. And then I'm just, you know, moving my arm up and down. And that's again my environment because I'm up against the wall mm -hmm. where I where my desk is. So I can't put anything on the other side of my desk pointing at me. And I know my environment. So I gotta bring it from the side, swing it over, and that's how I get my best sound. So like it's important to um study a little bit, work with the pro or, you know, do some digging and really pay attention to your environment because there's a lot of times where I help people with what they already have and they're not buying anything. And an hour later, they're like, I can't believe I look and sound like this with the stuff I already had. And it's like, I know, right? That's the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like the same, you know, my mic is on a, 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 the road boom arm, PS1 or whatever, uh, PSA1 maybe. And, um, but it's like off to the side, right? Because again, you don't want to be talking directly at the wall. I've got like the like some cheapy panels, like hexagonal panels that do a little absorption. But you know, I want to talk away from the wall so that it doesn't echo, right? And I think that's another yeah. thing that a lot of people don't realize, right? Is like sound is going to bounce off whatever you're talking at and back into your microphone. Yeah, yeah. I love, man. I, I like that we're getting at least a little nerdy here because these things yeah. do matter if you're trying to sound good, even if you're not a professional audio engineer or videographer. Uh, one of the things I would share with people all the time that they were really surprised by is that a lot of the reverb you hear in a mic when you are, even in the middle of a room, uh, but especially up against a wall, is the sound leaves your mouth, bounces off the wall in front of you, goes to the wall behind you, bounces again, and then comes back. And that's where mm -hmm. that delay comes from. And so if there's anything you can do behind you that doesn't mess up your background, but can kill some of that sound, you'll notice a difference instantly. And I've had so many people just move a bookshelf or bring yep. a larger plant in or something. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much better it is. And it's like, yep, uh, yeah. rugs. I, I have a hard floor here in this house, so I got a huge area rug. And then everything I can do naturally to try and knock the sound down a little bit in this big space I try and do. So, Yeah, for sure. Important. Yeah. yeah. A bookshelf is like, I remember when I learned that, I'm like, that's amazing, right? Because it's it's, <laughs> it's not just like the distance or whatever, like it just can't be like a flat 
hard surface, right? Because the sound's going to bounce off that. But bookshelf, the sound like bounces around the books and the shelves and there's like deflected. It's really interesting. I'll link to a video I made about like deflection and diffusion um, Fun. Uh, in, in the show notes, which you'll be able to find over at howibuilt.it slash 290. Now, you're a video guy. I think one of the other things that people underestimate the importance of, especially if they're using a webcam, is lighting. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's not something I really realized until I got good lighting. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, The warning with lighting is that it, out of all the components of filmmaking, I think it's the most vast universe. Um, it's the simplest concept. We need to be able to see you to focus on you, uh, but it's so vast. I think it's even more vast than editing and the final composition of a piece of you know film or video or whatever. But like, um, my go-to is uh, these are all just my opinions, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my go-to is the top two things in lighting. One is white light. Now, there's different reasons for different color lights all the time, uh, but something a lot of people don't know until I tell them is that the sun's actually white; it's not yellow. And right around that 54, 5500 Kelvin is white light. And that's what the sun's actually putting off. And if you go outside on an overcast day or where the sun's a little lower and the atmosphere is diffusing it a little, it's not just beating straight down on you. It's some of the most gorgeous lighting a face could ever have. So indoors, I'm always trying to mimic that. So I'm always using uh, cooler temperatures. Um, well, I guess in this case, it'd be higher temperatures, but like, you know, somewhere in that 5,000 to 6,000 Kelvin range, you can even go to Home Depot and buy bulbs and look at the Kelvin rating on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always trying to get near what the sun actually is for the most natural look. And then the second component is just soft, 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 soft. And there's a thousand ways that you can make light soft. Um, I did a video on like uh, ring lights because all these people got ring lights in their closet and they never used them because they were hot for a minute or whatever. And I show how to put it on just a cheap little stand and put parchment paper over it and how it softens it. And you can really use a ring light, you know, um, that you already have laying around. And so many people DM me like, oh, you've given my ring ring light new life because it was just sitting on a shelf or whatever. Um, You know, like shower curtains that are white, sheets. uh, There's so many ways that you can, you know, soften or diffuse light. And nowadays, all the lighting companies get that a lot of us are creating uh, at home and we want to look and you know, feel professional as we do so. So a lot of the LED panels like I use all the time have soft boxes you can buy separate and put over top of them that soften mm-hmm. up that light. And then I use um, a Godox panel right above me for uh, these calls. And it's naturally without anything on it. It's super soft white light. So those are my top two things is uh, white and soft. Uh, beyond that, you can do so many fun things with light, and there is no, you know, uh, rules are made to be broken. There is no go-to rule for that. But um, LED panels are cheap; they don't get hot, so you can touch them and move them around. And it's always my go-to. And I've been on really big film sets where I still just take my two hundred dollar newer LED panel set to do my interviews and stuff because nice. they work great, and I don't need to go buy a big expensive one. They do their job, so. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of people at least learning the basics of lighting because very powerfully, uh, just understanding those couple things. And then I guess the last one you see this in a lot of videos and stuff about, you know, making YouTube videos or videos in general is that natural light is great. So if you've got a window, you know, that comes in, that's great. Um, the, uh, warning there is always that the sun doesn't care that you're filming. So mm-hmm. you might get halfway through a video and everything changes and we'll notice. Um, yep. but other than that. Just understanding that, you know, if the light's directly behind you, you might look like a silhouette. And if it's directly in front of you, you might be too brightly lit. So if you're kind of off at an angle and it's falling softly on your face, it's just a really great light. And it's oftentimes on a film set what professionals are trying to accomplish. <laughs> They're trying right. to just do what the sun naturally does. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's like, you know, I've got like a three-point lighting. I think my backlight's probably not optimal. Um, but... You know, I've got the two, I've got key lights because I spend money obnoxiously and I could like automate it and whatever. But like like you said, like I used to have like two, I think I got like just two like newer lights, like LED lights on stands for like 50 bucks, right? Like, and, but like, you know, I've got the, the, what's it called? The, um, what are the first two? There's the, I'm going to need your help here. Three point lighting. There's the. Oh, uh, key and fill. Key and I main. just said key, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why they're called key lights, probably. So you got the key yeah. light and the fill light, and that it's supposed to create kind of like even lighting on your face. Um, 
one thing I worry about, I never worried about it until Jimmy Carr started doing the big tiny quiz from lockdown. I don't know if you ever watched that. Um, So for, for British folks or people who consume British TV on YouTube, one of my favorite things to watch is the big fat quiz of the year. At the end of the year, Jimmy Carr hosts it and it's like British celebrities usually um, taking a quiz about events that happen throughout the year. And during lockdown, he did the the tiny quiz of the lockdown or something like that. But for like the first week, he didn't have any makeup on. And mm. like his face was just so shiny. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to stop that. Um it's like, I don't like wear like pancake makeup or whatever. Um, but like, I was told that just like taking a paper towel and like, just like dabbing it a little bit, like kind of helps with that shine. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love that you brought this up. Um, last week's video on my channel, uh, there's a segment in it where I apply makeup yeah. and I use like, um, it being someone who's bald, I'm always mm. having to worry about my overhead light, which I always shut off when I film, but <laughs> you can't always, um, you know, control all light bouncing everywhere. Um, and then I have like really dark eyes, like the skin around my eyes mm-hmm. is dark. So makeup for me um, is about eliminating that shine, exactly what you're talking about. I have relatively oily skin. And then also just evening out my color. It's not even about vanity per se. It's about like, I just don't want the distraction for right. you. Um of the glowing orb on top of my head from the light overhead or the dark eyes that are like, wow, that's really distracting. Um, and it's a simple, you know, like 30 second thing. I'm not, you know, yeah. in front of the mirror for an hour or anything. And it makes me feel good too, you know? So yeah, dabbing it. Um, I got this great, I was on a, a, a shoot one time and the hair and makeup uh, girl, I was like, hey, uh, this isn't your job, you know, I'm, I'm the camera guy on this thing, but like, being a bald guy and having, you know, a little bit oily skin, you know, how do you get rid of that shine? She's like, oh, take the rest of this. I got to buy a new one anyway. And it's just this like, um, it's not a liquid. It's not a solid. It's somewhere kind of in between. Right, right. And you just rub it in and then it disappears. It starts white and it disappears and it makes your skin matte instead of shiny. And it's for that exact thing, just, you know, naturally oily skin that's a little bit shiny on the camera. And I think those things are worth doing and not everyone needs it, but I think those things are worth doing. And the, the the kind of like example I gave in that video was like, I'm not saying wear a three-piece suit or like put a full face of makeup on or anything like that. But, um, you know, if if you're going to dinner with a friend you hadn't seen in a long time, you might throw on like halfway decent clothes and comb your right. hair or whatever. Like, just give right. me that version. Give me that you care about being on camera, but yeah. you don't got to go overboard. Uh, so I love that you brought that up because that stuff's important too. I don't want anyone to worry about it. Um you know, I've got some episodes out there where stray beard hairs are swinging in the wind the whole time. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not re- reshooting this. I'm going to leave it right, up. You know? Right, right, right. Um, but if yeah, you can it's, knock it's not about getting it go. perfect every time, right? But yeah. it's about like these yeah. little things that you can do to improve the quality of your video without spending a ton on gear. So like you yeah. have a $40 mic and like you do a couple of things to deaden the sound and you don't need a $400 mic. You get a couple of cheap lights and now you're not filming like you're in a cave and your webcam isn't working as hard and you're getting a crisper picture, right? And and 100%. Again, like I did some on-camera work for um for LinkedIn for a course that's coming out, but uh it could be out by the time this episode comes out. But I also was in drama club and so we had to wear makeup every night. Like we had to do the full I call it pancake makeup. I it, I think it's actually called foundation. Um an eyeliner and lipstick so that people in the back could see our facial features. And so like, just get a little bit of foundation um, or again, like I just used a paper towel kind of in between takes to get some of that oil like that. Cause I'm like Italian. I've got greasy skin. Um, (laughs) So little, little things like that can really go a long way. They, they can. I love that we're talking about this. Um, I keep referencing my own work, which is obnoxious, but like you the, should. We'll link. That's... We'll link to your YouTube channel in, in the show notes too. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I, the only reason I am is because I hit on these topics, and I just love helping people who are like, "What the heck do I do?" Um, so, in the one that I'm editing today, that'll be out tomorrow, which is now in the past. <laughs> as anyone's hearing this, <laughs> um, you know, I talk about like use what you got, and a lot of times that's a smartphone, and that's that's great. We can still get a good image with that, and I'll show you how. Blah blah blah. But if you're going to buy a camera. Um, you know, I have a couple lower end recommendations, uh, Sony EB10 and like a Canon M50. And it's not because I'm brand loyal or these are the most incredible vlogging cameras ever. Yeah. 
They're both for the exact same three reasons. One, they have flip-out screens so you can see yourself because it's already hard enough to film yourself with no help. Two, they have great autofocus. So as you move around, it's going to keep a lock on your face because that's what we want to see anyway. And then third, they can both be used as webcams. So you can like elevate that, that webcam look for meetings and presentations and stuff like that. Um, so I'm always thinking in these terms of like only spend what you need uh, I kind of think about it like going to the bar. Like, I want mm-hmm. a good drink. I don't need the top shelf, but don't use the well stuff either. You know, right. so like I want to get people in the middle where it's like, yeah, you got to have a little bit of a yeah. budget, and that's true. But man, no one's going to know you only spent a total of a thousand bucks to get here as opposed to ten thousand because it's incredible. Right. You know, so we're looking. We're looking we're for the Jack Daniels black label yep. of of <laughs> yeah. gear, right? Yep. Don't go to the Bankers Club. You don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, that's awesome. I have so I have a flip up screen on my camera, but I also I have a shotgun mic uh, that is completely obstructing that view, um, and it like really kills me. And I've been using it less just because like again this environment and the distance of the camera with the shot like the shotgun mic needs to be like right like just yeah. off frame yeah. for it to work effectively, and my desk already looks like Dr. Octopus. I'm like not going to add another arm. So I might just like take that out of commission for a little bit and just deal with the fact that like the sure is going to be in, I can like lower it a little bit for the camera, but the sure is going to be in in the shot and I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And like live, you're talking about your environment and morphing in and out of what's available, which is is awesome. I love it, Dr. Octopus. I love it. <laughs> my thing right now is that when I shoot my YouTube videos, I'm actually facing the other direction I am right now. And then mm-hmm. my monitors that are in front of me that you can't see become my background. Mm. Um, so there's two different cameras going on because one's for these calls and one's for that. But I do love when when people have a setup like yours where it can be both where you sit down to possibly record a podcast, but also turn a camera on and still have your podcasting mic in the shot, like I also have right now. Um, I just can't do it because I'm up against the wall and and my background is this vanilla paint, you know? (laughs) But I love when people have setups like that because that means you can sit down, look really good, sound really good on a call or a sales call or a discovery call, but also make a video that's high quality too. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I've like, I did, I, um, I got like the Elgato's like arm mounting thing. So like I can actually swing the camera out. I do have a green screen, a thing nobody needs. <laughs> like you don't need one. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> uh, I think once a week I get asked, should I get a green screen? Like, no, no, you no. shouldn't. I bought it because I needed it for a gig, like for a five yeah. figure gig I got um, to make a, a handful of videos where they wanted me on screen and they wanted their own background. So like that project go. paid for the green screen. Um, <laughs> so like you definitely don't, but I have one. So I'll swing, I'll swing the camera out. And I'll also kind of use that when I'm like in the booth as kind of like a, a way to deaden the sound a little bit. It's not like super mm. effective, but it works. Um, I like that. So, wow, we've been talking for 40 minutes about this. It's been super fun. Um, but I think the takeaway, right? And this will be like, I'll put this in the beginning of the, the, the listen for these things is that uh, you don't need expensive gear. And we've talked about a few things, a few small things that you can do to look and sound better without breaking the bank. Um, as this episode either, th- as this episode is out, either you can already do it or it's coming soon. Um, with the latest version of Mac OS and iOS, you can use your iPhone as a webcam, like natively. Um, and so if you have an iPhone 12, 13, or I guess 14 by the time this video comes out, um, you have an amazing 4K camera that you can now use as a webcam. And there's like this crazy tech uh, with their wide angle so that they you can get an overhead shot of your desk too. Have you seen this? It's yeah, like, that's crazy. It's absolutely bananas. I cannot wait to try it. Um, but so use what you got and, and make these incremental improvements. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's always a way if you want there to be one. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Um, now, I had reserved part of this conversation for YouTube and podcasting. Um, we'll just we'll just cover that quickly, I think, because I think a lot of people are asking this, especially because as we record this, YouTube just rolled out their their podcasting um, area. I'm not going to call it a platform; it's not an app. It's just like a page on the Explore tab. Um, do you record video? So you have a podcast, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Do you record the video for your podcast? I do. 
Um, I use Riverside.fm, which we're using now. Yes. Um, and Full I also disclosure, edit... they previously sponsored this podcast. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, Riverside, if you're listening, you can sponsor me next. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like... Um, Film because I can, right? And then when I edit, I actually edit in Premiere Pro, even though it's a podcast. So I'm making the same edit to the video I am the audio anyway. And then I'm like, well, now I just render audio and video separate. And I really nice. don't have that much extra work because I used Riverside to capture it and I used Premiere to cut it. Um, and then mine go to just an unlisted playlist on my YouTube channel um, that I link people to. So I don't even really use them for discoverability or anything at this point. But that's why this conversation intrigues me because I'm like, man, maybe there's some shifting in my future because we're already filming the show anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just, I'll add here, right, that the recommendation is um, on your channel, have a playlist with the exact name of your podcast. Um, Now, people who are listening to this now, hopefully you've already consumed this same content through my other podcast or through my YouTube channel because I put it in both places. But um, if you haven't done this yet, um, playlist with the exact name of your podcast and every episode in the order, they YouTube says in the order in which you want them consumed. So if it's like a serial podcast, right, then you probably want them in reverse or in chronological order uh, from the date they came out. If it's... Um, episodic reverse chronological order uh, starting with the day they came out. So, um, And they make it very clear that it should be all of the episodes of your show. Don't break it into seasons. Don't include clips. Google knows if you have a podcast. They just know. Like You don't have to submit it anywhere. They just know. Um, and so I suspect they're doing some check against like names for their podcast engine or whatever. Um and then for the description of the playlist, I made I made mine the description of uh, of the podcast itself. Um, Dan, I think where you have a leg up is right. You you are recording you're recording these videos anyway, right? So a lot of people are correct, or myself included, because especially because I was podcasting in like 2016, recording quality video, yeah. even just a few years ago was like a complete nightmare. <laughs> like getting the good audio was a nightmare. Getting good video was like impossible. Um, For sure. But a lot of people are probably like, crap, uh, what do I do? Um, you mentioned that you edit in in Premiere. Do you have any... Adobe products scare me. Uh, always have. Um, you did say Premiere, right? Or did you say something else? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool, cool. Um, I use... Uh, screen flow because I do mostly screencasts and I'm most comfortable with that even though it chokes on 4K video. Um, it doesn't really on my my Mac Studio anymore, but like anything older than that, it would like just bomb with 4K video. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips for like maybe quickly creating a, a video when you just have the audio assets, adding visuals, stuff like that? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I've actually ever done that for myself or anyone else. Um, if someone threw me an audio clip that was a couple minutes long and said, do something, um, yeah. I would probably try and get really creative with B-roll. Okay. And, um, you know, there's some stuff out there for free. There's a couple YouTube channels where you can get um, usable stock footage. And then, like, I believe uh, Unsplash is known for photography, but they got a video section. So you can get your hands on some stuff for free. Oh. I do video professionally, so I have catalogs that I subscribe to and have thousands and thousands of uh, stock you know, pieces of footage at my disposal. And I use it all the time in my videos for fun little storytelling things. Um, so that's probably where I would start. I'm also proficient in motion graphics, so I'd probably do some you know, fun just typography and just real simple things to drive home the points. Uh, less is more a lot of times with animation and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, good old Ken Burns effect, like just some great stock photography that slowly moves, you know, uh, zooms in or zooms out slowly and shows something incredible that really drives home the point of the story or something. So that's probably where I would go is just my old school filmmaking, you know, uh, nice. talents. <laughs> I'd go dig them out of the closet and be like, all right, how do we make this interesting? Yeah. Nice. And and it that, like, the interesting bit is important, right? Until, I mean, until yeah. YouTube releases, like, their own podcasting app where, like, it's legit just audio. Um, if you do want to, like, please the YouTube algorithm, um, you probably do want a slightly engaging video. Now, I will say, I think I gave you these stats before we started recording, but um, 
as we record this, Edison Research did a, a super listeners um, study, which is people who listen to podcasts for five, at least five hours a week, um, or five hours of podcasts a week. Um, and 55% of them use YouTube for at least some of, of their podcast consumption. So podcast at this point is already a, or YouTube at this point is already a, becoming a formidable podcasting platform. Yeah. That's so fun to think about. Yeah. We were talking off recording, um, that the quote unquote watchership, I guess, as opposed to listenership to my, my podcast that's filmed, uh, are people who do not listen to it. They watch on YouTube on purpose because it's their preferred thing. And as I finally tracked some of these human down humans down and like met them in real life, a couple of them told me, um, oh, I don't sit there and watch your face the whole time though or your guest's face. I, I put it on, on my phone, on my laptop, whatever, and then I do the dishes. So they're still listening to just the audio. Yeah. Um, but they prefer to do it through YouTube. Maybe they pay for the monthly YouTube so they don't have ads, or right. maybe they just like that app. But it's interesting to know that that's happening. And obviously, anytime you see a shift from one of the big dogs, you know that something a lot more than what we know is going on behind the scenes, so we should probably pay attention. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and we have a little bit of a leg up because there was like a slide deck leaked in March of 2022, oh, nice. where... Um, YouTube made it pretty clear that they're working on like audio only ads and like they already have the YouTube music app and if you do pay for premium like you could exit out of the app at least on your iPhone and still listen to the video like that's a feature so it makes perfect sense that that YouTube would want to take advantage of that yeah yeah and you know I'll throw out to you um, if someone's made it this far into our nerddom like it is yeah. So Riverside does have a cost, right? It's not oh my god, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And you know, editing uh, is something that's um, difficult, audio or video, right? So if you're like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll throw whatever it is. I don't remember. I'm sorry, but twelve or fifteen bucks or something to Riverside, so we can record in there when I have my guests on, and then I'll get something like CapCut for desktop for free, or maybe like you know iMovie or something for Apple, whatever. Um, and then edit my show in a video editor instead of an audio editor. Um, you now have this like other thing. Right. And if YouTube's paying attention to it and they're going in that direction anyway, it might be worth a little bit of money and a little bit of a different view on your editing to end up with two versions, you know, of your show. Um, I think that's super powerful. Luckily, this is something I already do. So now I'm curious as to like how I can put it in the right spots and leverage it. This episode is brought to you by LearnDash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College, and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting-edge e-learning tools with WordPress. They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds. I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it slash LearnDash. I have an audio editor, and, and he edits my podcast, but just the audio. So now I have a bunch of recorded interviews in Riverside with these video assets, and I'm wondering, should I try to sync the video up with the audio? That feels like a lot of work. I don't know if it's going to be worth it. Um, right now, I'm just releasing like a static image um, uh, and the audio over it. So the podcast is at least on YouTube. But, you know, probably use it for clips, I think is is the best thing for me. Um, for my solo shows, I will definitely record me talking at the camera. Um, because usually I script those or I'm very good at just talking through an outline. And so it doesn't require a lot of editing. But it's interesting. There are some interesting uh, things to think about as a creator moving forward with this stuff. Yeah, It can open up a lot of doors too. I used to do uh, 
really high level interior exit interviewing. That sounds mm. way fancier than it is. Um, <laughs> and so I brought that over into my like teaching, you know, for my members and clients and stuff like that. And um, my own YouTube videos for free and stuff like trying to show people how to do some of these things. And um, I was actually speaking with two people who are in, you know, the community we were talking about earlier uh, that we're both in. And one had done work for the other and uh, built a website. And then the one that had the website built was like wanting to make a video testimonial, had this great experience. These guys are like, you know, incredible people anyway. And we were on a call and he's like, man, you know, I got the the camera, the setup. I, I use it all the time for my Zoom calls and my presentations. And I, I, I'm just having a hard time doing this, you know. I'm like, I got an idea, man. Here, Here's my calendar. Book a half hour slot. We're just going to have a conversation. Just trust me. And he's like, all right, you know. So I set it up in Riverside, had him in, and uh, was like, hey, so you worked with this guy and it was cool, man. Like, what made it cool? Like, I know, you know, pricing matters and all that kind of stuff, but like, was it that it made you feel comfortable or you knew you're heading in the right direction? Like, what made it cool? And then we just had a 15-minute conversation and then I chopped it all up and gave it to those guys and they both were like, oh my God, this is one of the most incredible video testimonials ever because it was conversational and natural. Right. It wasn't, I loved him because yeah. he was right. fast and, you know, right. and it worked so well and I used the same exact process I do on my podcast to make that. So like, it opens up these doors where other cool things can happen too just because you're used to filming and cutting up your own video and audio. So if you're up for the challenge, I say... Start learning those things because they're helpful. Yeah, that gives me an idea where uh, another person, Ame, again, as this comes out, everything I'm talking about will be done probably. But uh, Ame. If only life went this way. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's just great, like real life montages. Uh, <laughs> Ame, who's also in the community, is, is doing some copywriting for me, and she's also doing a, a case study. Uh, of one of my clients who, after one call with me, got got her first sponsor for her podcast. Um, and now I'm like, I'm going to send her a, my own Riverside link where she can be the host. And I'll just tell her to record. And then we'll create some cool video asset from it. That's amazing. What a great idea. Yeah, it's so fun, man. And at the end of that call, um, because you're warmed up, you're going, you know, doing your thing. Um he was like, so basically what I've been saying this whole time is if you want a great website done in Webflow and you want it done at a great price and you want someone who's actually going to like communicate well with you throughout the whole process and do it in a way where you're like, it, well, that was easy. Man, this is who you want to work with. So I took that clip and put it at the very beginning and that mm -hmm. was the kickoff to the video. And ah, it's just like awesome. these fun little, you know, beautiful moments that you can capture. And again, um, if someone hasn't used Riverside, it records the audio and video separately on your side and mine. So you get just them on screen without your face in it, like Zoom does. Right. So it's cool because you end up with something where I created this video and no one knows I was ever there. Right. And that's the, right. the beauty of it. So That's like such an annoying thing about Zoom is like not only... <laughs> Not only does it record like so that like you're you are in the video together, but like it also records based on like your view. So like yeah. I never I did a bunch of interviews with view and I uh, with Zoom and I never got a consistent view because if it was like three people, I did the grid view, and if it was just me and another person, then it would like switch back. Terrible. And I know Zoom is not so for it. like I know this is not a knock on Zoom. This is not what Zoom is for. If you're using Zoom to create stuff, that's not what Zoom is for, right? That's yeah, right. that's really that's a safe way to put it for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, and and you get the final result of what the internet is allowing to happen. Right. So if internet was choppy on their side, and the you know you get that robot voice, that's what's in your video. Right. To where Riverside is doing its best job to not let that happen. So even if your your connection with the person is a little bit pixelated, the pure video that you get at the end uh, generally isn't. So. Yeah, and give your give yourself every leg up you can. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. sure. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna I want to do a quick lightning round with you. Um, uh, you mentioned that you uh, have motion graphics experience. Do you do that? For, like, do you do that for hire? I do. Um, generally, it ends up being part of something okay. that I'm already doing. But I've had a couple inquiries uh, recently for animating a logo, which is one of my favorite things to do because nice. it used to be my foot in the door for corporate jobs back in the day. Like, hey, you know, I'd love to work with you. Don't know if you're looking. I animated your logo because I noticed you didn't have that asset. And people be like, wait, 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 hold Smart. on, what? <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I still do it for hire. I just don't really have like marketing materials out saying hire me for motion graphics, but it's uh, often part of the projects I do. Yeah, nice. Uh, those animated animated intros for YouTube videos. Do you think they're effective? <sighs> I think they're effective for me. So this is just from my lens as a viewer. Um, I think they're effective for me once you're kind of established as someone I want to be seeing on the regular. Mm-hmm. Because um, then it's kind of like you know a Netflix show. Like I'm I'm, gotcha. I'm watching a show. I like I love this little intro, whatever. Yeah. Or skip the intro because the buttons are right. Um, so I think they're effective for creativity. But if you're newer, smaller channel, even myself, I only have you know just over two thousand um, subscribers on YouTube. There's no intro. Like I could make a banger one that might impress some people, but like it's hey today's video. This is what we're talking about. Let's go, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you have like so thirty like, seconds, right? Roberto Blake just yeah. did a video about that. Um, yeah, so I think they're effective to a point, okay. but um, it, it's kind of like in entrepreneurship, especially on the digital side. There, there's like you know growing an audience, uh, which is super important, and then there's like running ads and, and getting into that space. And I think those are both things that you should pour on the fire after the fire is already happening. Those aren't things you should build a business from scratch on. You should be doing them all along, possibly, but like maybe not in the beginning. So I think intros are kind of like that. It's like these are awesome to have. Interludes are cool. Transitions are cool. But if you're just trying to get people to know who you are and it's kind of more upfront in your journey, it's probably better to uh, leave those on the back shelf till next year, maybe something like that. I really like the way you put that. Right there are some things where like it's good to pour onto the fire. Not start the fire with those things, yeah. right? Because yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's that—that's the fun stuff, right? The first thing I always did when starting a new business, quote unquote, was get business cards. The least important thing, <laughs> the least <laughs> important it. thing. But uh, I've been there, man. Yeah, so that's amazing. Uh, and then my last lightning round question is: uh, Where do you go to get your B-roll, your video stock footage? Uh, yeah, so I rely pretty heavily on elements.envato.com. Mm. Uh, Envato in general, hopefully I'm saying that right. That's mm-hmm. the way I've been saying it for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Envato in general has a lot of great things. They have individual platforms for stock photography, stock, uh, stock uh, video, um, you know, like design packs and all kinds of yeah. stuff. But elements.envatu.com is where you pay a monthly membership and you just have access to like a lot of their best stuff. Um, you know, so like I love to to have fun and drive story in my videos. So I'll make stuff up based on what I can find on there sometimes. Nice. So I was doing a little, you know, a couple of videos back doing something on B-roll, and I found a bunch of these really cool animated clips of uh, solo like astronaut on Mars, uh, mm. you know, build, slowly building this like colony himself or whatever. So I had like 12 clips of this like solo exploration of Mars. And I was like, so, you know, when you're using B-roll, you could do something cool, like talk about how lonely it is on Mars when you're the only person there and you got to do all the jobs and all that. And to keep yourself, you know, from going crazy, maybe you got to dance it out. And the last animation that was available on there was this astronaut like doing a dance, you know? So it made it look like I created this incredible thing, but really what I did was go to the stock uh, mm. video to see what was available and then kind of build my script around it for fun. Um, so that's my go-to. I also use Motion Array, but that's a lot more for uh, motion graphics and animations, even though there's some stock video on there. And then again, for free, Unsplash has a video section. I do hit that sometimes um, for very basic things like... Uh, waves on a beach or a sunset or time lapse of the stars at night. You can find a lot of kind of base, uh, basic type stuff there for free. So those are my three go-tos. Nice. That's that's smart, um, your approach. I When I do scripts, I usually like write out what I want to put on the screen first. And then I'm like, now I got to find B-roll <laughs> know, right. that all matches. Right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, a sequence I was doing, right. the last thing I was touching right before we got on this call uh, was me saying, even though you should use what you have, I do recommend getting you know, a decent lights, decent mic, decent camera. And for the cameras and mics, I could go to the company websites and get those videos and just show little clips that they mm-hmm. created because they're made for that. But for the lights, um, there was no clips, you know, so it's just like my cell phone on a tripod showing me pushing buttons and turning knobs for <laughs> dimming the lights and stuff because it's like, I need something for here. Yeah. So I feel you. I yeah. used to do that too. And now it's like I, I cheat as much as possible. Yeah, that's way smarter, right? Um, that's amazing. Um, 
Dan, this has been great. And build something more for the for the members. We're going to talk about how when you used to be in a touring band. Um, and so yeah, yeah. really excited. I'm a drummer. I I want don't want to be in a band because I'm terrible. But uh, really excited to talk about that. If you want to hear that conversation ad free, you could become a member at howibuilt.it slash two nine zero. Dan, if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, I've tried to uh, keep it simple. So if you go to danhaslinks.com, Love it. all my stuff's there. Um, I'm known as the antipreneur online uh, because there's a Dan Bennett who was famous back in the 80s and still holds down the first three pages of Google when you look mm. for my name. Um, so the antipreneur is my moniker and personal brand, whatever, on all the different platforms. So if you Google that, you'll find me somewhere. And Dan has links is links to all my best stuff. Love it. Dan has links. I was like worried that we'd have to spell out antipreneur and I can't, I cannot (laughs) spell entrepreneur. It's one of the words I cannot spell um, on the first try. So that's awesome. Dan has links.com. I'll link all again, all of that in the show notes over at how I built it slash two nine zero. Dan, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. This is fun. I don't get to nerd out often. So I had a good time. Awesome. And thank you for listening. Thanks to Nexus, Text Expander, and LearnDash for sponsoring. Uh, I really appreciate them and you and everybody. I love this podcast. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>